When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Bob Brill. He's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill Fantasy Football Podcast and our video cast as well. And you can hear the podcast wherever you get your podcast. Also, you can see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. Just go to the website. Well, here we are, championship games. It's a championship conference weekend. Uh, wow. If you followed our advice last week, this is what you would have seen from your fantasy players. We liked and recommended Patrick Mahomes, 378, three touchdowns, plus one on the ground and 69 yards. Tyree Kill, 11 for 150 in a score. Gabriel Davis, who I loved and loved them all year, eight for 201 and four touchdowns. Josh Allen, 329. Those four touchdowns went to Gabriel Davis. He won 11 for 68 rushing, by the way. A.J. Brown, five for 142. He had a score. Joe Burrow, 348. Joe Mixon had a touch, six catches and 54 yards rushing. Uh, Jamar Chase, the monster, five for 109. Uh, CJ Uzoma, I said to pick him and make sure you did. Seven for 71, had a good day. Matt Stafford, of course, 366, two touchdowns, no picks. Cooper Cup, what else can you say? Nine for 183 and a touch. And the winners this week among the quarterbacks, Matt Stafford, Mahomes, and Josh Allen. Well, let's just single out Stafford for a minute. What a huge win and performance this was by him. Uh, he actually overcame other great offensive players, costly mistakes. So it was Cup's catch and subsequent fumble that started the whole spiral downward, followed up by Cam Akers' fumble on his own 30-yard line, followed by a previous fumble at the one-yard line going in. And so it wasn't the great GOAT, like Chris Collinsworth was so willing to point out about Brady and him being able to affect games like this. No, it was Stafford. When everyone else was failing around him, it was him who stepped up on that last drive. No panic, hit cup over on the sideline, followed up by a zero blitz where he's got Dominican Sue in his face, lays it up perfect, and then caught, of course, by cup and kicked, probably not so inironically, by Matt Gay, the winning kick, who previously was cut by uh, Tampa Bay. So I think a great shout out should go to Stafford. I think everyone, here in L.A. anyway, is already doing that. And I think the other guy that jumps out to me is Joe Burrow. I mean, to me, this has all the makings the Bengals do this year of like the Cowboys from the 90s with Aikman and Emmett and Michael Irvin. Only the Bengals seem deeper to me in terms of skill position players, offensively and defensively. And this guy was just unflappable and has been all year. He acts like, oh, matter of fact, yeah, we won. But of course we were going to win. That's what we plan to do. And I think this is, to me, the Bengals are the one wild card in here that could flip the script on potentially Kansas City going to the Super Bowl. And, you know, he had nine sacks. I mean, he sat on his butt more than he did standing up half the time, you know. And going back yep. to Stafford, you know, in the in the post-game, in the, uh, post-game interview, he pointed something out. He said that long pass to Cooper Cup, uh, that was, I forget what he called it, but Cup was the last option on that play. It was like, this is a play design. You're never going to get the ball. Just you're there to clear out other guys. 
And mm -hmm. when they went to zero blitz, it was like, oh my gosh, he just threw it up there and he, there he was. He knew where he'd be. So just an right. amazing, amazing thing. Well, I, I, you got to point out that leading up to the, that game and these playoffs, quite frankly, you know, the, all of a sudden people are saying, well, they brought him in here and now look what he's doing. Was it really Stafford that lost all those playoff or the three playoff games or why he didn't win a playoff game? Was it the other players or was it Stafford? Well, I think he pretty much answered those questions in these last two games. I think you're right. Running back side, uh, the two key guys really were Mixon and Foreman. Well, and then don't forget about Debo Samuel, the wide back, as he's now referred to part wide receiver, part running back. And I think he's he's probably in today's, you know, everyone goes on about the hybrid defensive players today mm -hmm. in the NFL. Well, he is the ultimate hybrid offensive weapon. He's a legit running back. If he was just a running back, he'd be one of the top running backs in the league, but he's not. He's slash running back, running back slash receiver, and he's both great at both. He's, he's definitely the guy that they went to at the end of the game as a running back and a receiver. And I think the other guy you mentioned, Joe Mixon, um, today, to me, he's the most complete NFL running back. Yes, Derrick Henry is probably the best running back if it was just limited to running backs. But Joe Mixon is both equally great as a runner and a receiver. Runs great routes, makes great cuts, patient runner, and has the capability to hit a home run. And go ahead. He, no, go ahead. I'll just finish up by saying he was equally good in this game as a runner and a receiver. You know, the wide receivers, there were so many of them just had big days. I, I want to point out the three I liked the most. It was Cup, Gabriel Davis, of course, and Tyreek Hill. I mean, those three just stood out as well as some of the guys you're going to mention here, because um, it was just a wide receiver weekend. It was, and they all came through huge. Tyreek Hill is, I mean, that little crossing route he took and went the distance, it was like everyone else. By the way, everyone else runs fast too, just not that fast. <laughs> and and then T. Higgins, uh, as you mentioned um, earlier with, uh, oh, well, Jamar Chase had a great day, but T. Higgins, also had an equally great day. He's long, lanky. He runs great routes. He's got speed himself and the ability to go up and make catches in traffic. And I think, you know, he showed what he does. Jamar Chase is the guy that I just mentioned who was their leading receiver, but he's always their leading receiver or seems to be. He's, to me, in the process of his rookie, still rookie year, I think he has the potential to rewrite all receiver record books, and that means Jerry Rice as well. Um, and then, um, you know, I think Mike Evans on the losing end had a great day because when Brady had no one else to throw to, he didn't care if it was double coverage. He yeah. was still going to Mike Evans. And, uh, and then I think you mentioned Gabriel Davis. No one in the history of the NFL as a receiver or otherwise, including Jerry Rice, has ever put up four touchdowns in a postseason game, and he did it with over 200 yards. So I think Gabriel Davis was on – was it all Gabriel Davis or was it Josh Allen? I think he was on the receiving end is what Josh Allen did. And that just goes to show you what a great quarterback. As you mentioned, coming into this game, not only should it have been probably the AFC Championship game, it should have been the Super Bowl. Because I feel like I just watched the Super Bowl or what should have been the Super Bowl. So Gabriel Davis, it's the reason uh, uh, I'm not cutting him in this offseason in my dynasty league. I picked him up. <laughs> uh, and, I, you know, I saw the potential for this guy. I was looking for him early on. And I was like, you know, and he's, he's kind of floating there. Wasn't getting the chance. But I knew if he moved up the depth chart, 
he would be something special, and he's really turned into it. The losers. Now, I think the NFL is, is a big loser this week oh, because forcing teams to play 59 minutes and 56 seconds, beating each other's brains out, when all they had to do was flip a coin and let one team uh, kick a 50-yard field goal. On the other hand, at the same time, the NFL is the winner because the game is called football. Kickers most often lead their teams in scoring. And this is exactly how the NFL, most games are played week to week, come down to a kick. And so when you got to the point in the season now where it's the better than the rest playoff teams, why shouldn't a game come down to a kick to win it? Oh, wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Steelers aren't in the playoffs this weekend. So maybe this is, you can tell me, is this part of Steeler playoff withdrawal? <laughs> No, you know what it is? I'm sitting here looking, and every week the field goals get longer. And pretty soon, pretty soon, we're going to have a guy trying at the end, with time runs out, a 75-yard field goal, and he's going to make it. And then he's going to have an 85-yard field goal. And just like Alex Karras uh, said, when you know he did his comedy routine after he retired from the NFL, he'd come in and say, two teams beat each other's brains out for 59 minutes and 59 seconds. And on comes this little guy from uh, Bulgaria, runs on the field. He's a kicker. He says, I'm going to kick a touchdown. You know, what, what else can you say? <laughs> well, I think those of us that are old enough to remember when I was a kid that during the Dolphins' perfect season, it was Gary Premium at the end of the game trying to kick a field goal that, by the way, would have made it 17. They would, it would have had 17 points in a 17-win season. Uh Field goal gets blocked. He does the Bulgarian version of throwing a pass <laughs> that goes the other way for a touchdown. So I get it. I get it how, you know, kickers really, they're not the traditional football player. But again, the game is called football, by the way. And so, yeah, and they, yeah well, then maybe they should call it soccer now or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, football quarterbacks are starting to flop like soccer players now. So. You're right. And, and more guys are throwing punches. So, soccer. You know, there we go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's take a look at this week's games. And we're limited. We only have a couple of them. Uh, Bengals and Chiefs. Now, I like the Bengals here. Maybe they don't beat the Chiefs, but they can. Burrow, I think, is the second coming right now, playing out of his mind. And consider he got sacked nine times. He still got off the deck to win. Mixon is due for a big game. He's had some okay games, you know, 50 yards, 60 yards, that kind of stuff. But I think he's due for a big game, maybe 100 uh, even against the Chiefs. And Chase will be Chase again. And watch out for Ozama. I think he's going to get at least one touchdown catch. So look for Burrow to get at least 250 in the air. Hey, and for Mahomes owners, and prior to this next game, pray he doesn't get COVID, hit by a bus, make a wrong turn on his way to the stadium, whatever. This guy's magic. He's now playing like everybody thinks of Patrick, Patrick Mahomes plays. And between Hill and Kelsey, his main weapons, they're going to show up. And I think the wild card is Andy Reid, the combination of Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy play calling. The way they install and then call a game lends itself to this offense being this offense. And uh, I think maybe one day when fantasy football starts to include a coaching category, those two will be in it. Niners and Rams. And before we get to this game, let's take a cheap shot over a cheap shot. The LA Rams announced that if you are buying playoff tickets for this game, you have to buy them with a credit card that has a Southern California zip code on it. 
They're trying to keep Niners fans from coming to the game from Northern California. And so they put a restriction on their website that if you are purchasing tickets for this game you're and you pay with, with a credit card that's not a Southern California zip code, you're going to get canceled right away and immediately refunded. How, how much of a cheap shot is this, especially to people who are season ticket holders? Well, it makes zero sense because it wasn't just the 49ers this year that outnumbered Rams fans. It was every team that played the Rams this year outnumbered Rams fans. Same for the Chargers in that very same stadium. All of a sudden now they care because it's a playoff game. This makes no sense. I think it's part of the NFL again uh, and a team in this particular case trying to control its season ticket holders or people who buy tickets to the game. It makes no sense. You know, think of how many years there were no, um, there wasn't a team here. My son, Dylan, grew up being a Chiefs fan because there were no L.A. teams. So a friend of mine told me a couple years ago, L.A. is every other team's biggest market other than the one that they're in. I don't get it. If you want to grow the game globally, why are you limiting ticket sales? And not only that, you know, you're talking to season ticket holders who paid anywhere from six dollars to $50,000 for a seat license just for the privilege to buy tickets to these games. And hopefully, you know, not everybody can go to all the games. Some people buy them as an investment and they promote it as an investment. When you go to buy your season tickets, that's promoted. The salespeople promote it as an investment. You can hold on to it for years. You know, every NFL team does that. And, and they charge you the opportunity. They charge you thousands of dollars for the opportunity to buy those tickets. And then you have to, of course, buy the tickets to the games too. You don't just get handed those tickets. And now you have a, a, maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity for some fo folks to buy playoff tickets and maybe they can't go, but they see they can make some money on it and they want to sell those tickets to whoever, and they should be allowed to sell those tickets forever. I don't get it. I mean, it, to, to me, this is one of the cheapest shots I've ever seen in sports. If I had a gavel right now, I'd bang it and say case closed. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get to the game. Niners and Rams. Despite all that, I think the Rams are the team of destiny. And seeing them come back after blowing that big lead, I believe they're really the team of destiny. Stafford is clicking. Cup is unstoppable. And between Akers and Michelle, I think they're not going to be stopped. Look for Beckham to get a pair of touchdowns in this one. Cup to catch at least nine or ten passes. That's what he's doing all year. I like Higby for key yards, and the defense is going to dominate. I look for this one to be a lopsided, scoring, high-scoring game, which might just come down to a field goal anyway. Probably not. But I think this is going to be one of those high-scoring, lopsided games. We'll see. Well, when you mention the Rams as a team at Destiny, I've got two words for you. Six straight, as in games the Niners have beat the Rams. And I don't, you know, the, the the 49ers last week took what I think is the best offense in the NFL and limited them to 10 points. So I don't think this is going to be an up and down track meet, so not by the Niners and not by the Rams. I think both defenses are going to have something to say about that. Uh, they both have suffocating ones. And um, so, you know, I half the time Garoppolo plays like he's being paid by the other team. And, uh, you know, I think you still, though, have Kittle and you still have Debo Samuel, who are two offensive game wreckers. Uh, I'd still bank on them. Um, and then when you talk about winning ugly, they make you look ugly while they win. Um, and so I, you know, 
again, I, I don't know who's going to win this game. I'm the jury's still out, at least in my mind. Um, but I think the, the 49, I think it's going to be a very low scoring game, not high. And uh, it will come down, I think, to a game winning kick or possibly game winning blocked punt like they did against the 49ers, 49ers did against uh, Green Bay. So you're saying special teams are going to be the, the key to this Could game? Could be. It's third of the game. Yeah. Got it. Well, don't forget next week, uh, we're going to record late in the week. So probably right around Thursday, we'll uh, have uh, our special Super Bowl show. And joining Eric and myself will be a former Rams quarterback and Super Bowl player, uh, Vince Ferragamo, and former Lions uh, and quarterback and also uh, teammate of Eric uh, Rodney Pete. They'll be joining us. So we'll be uh, the four of us and we'll be kicking that around and kicking the football around, whether it's soccer or football, we'll be kicking it around uh, next week. So uh, join us for that. And there you have it. Kramer and Brill fantasy football podcast, now video cast too. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Lips and Odyssey and wherever you get your podcast. And now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel, where we're finding the link for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. For my friend and colleague, Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill. We'll see you next time.